you're listening to the Burnham Society Podcast. I'm your host, Rowan Bristol, proprietor of Bristol Books. Bristol Books, located two miles east of Sheridan Road, where this week we're having a murder mystery special. In between the Spillane and Francis walls, you will find the body of a person whose skull has been bashed in repeatedly and his mouth stuffed full of pages. Your only clues are a bloody advanced copy of Saving the Pearls and the shredded remains of the immortal classic Fifty Shades of Grey. Remember, determine the murderer and receive the book for free. But the killer is still out there and may be watching you holding a hardbound copy of that romance novel you review ironically. Speaking of slaughtered customers, there's always been one place in this fair town that fills me with a sense of nostalgia, magic, and love of my fellow man. The cemetery. And cheerfully digging up the hits within the great necropoli of our city is none other than Chicago's own fellow of felt, Mort. Mort is a gravedigger on the go, unearthing the horror hits of yesteryear with his raven compatriot, Crowford. There's a lot of movies out there that provide the dark, dismal, squelching sensation within the soul, and Mort knows them all. See Mort's adventures at Mort Digs Horror, available on YouTube. Which brings us to today. It's rare that we have a story directly from the mouths of one of the 51st Ward locals, but this tale was too good to pass up. It's a familiar name to some of you, and I hope it begins a new chapter in the Burnham Society saga. The Smell of Clover by Stephen Fluet. My name? Uh, I, I, I used to have one, but when you get put on probation with the seasonal court, you kind of end up with one name. George. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a George. I don't like to talk about what I did before, because the most important part of me now is wrapped around my belt. And what's around my belt is a three and a half pound Trooper Pulaski axe with saw down hickory handle, modified Nicholson 12 by 8 keyhole saw with ceramic blades, and my cash special 25 caliber cattle stunner. That'll put him down. I'm still kind of new to this. Most Georges have a life expectancy of about six, seven months. And I'm on my fourth, but I got kind of an edge. I'm protected. I got family. You see, it all happened a little while back. I was down in what's called Lower Wacker Drive. And when I say Lower Wacker Drive, I don't mean the streets and the under the buildings. I mean Lower, Lower Wacker Drive. Now, I don't want to sound racist, but when you're dealing with races, that walk the fine line between monster and your cousin. Yeah, you just don't want to be there at all. So I'm taking my little cash special and putting a bolt into the brain of a bandersnatch. And I realize none of my crew's around. And I'm thinking to myself, this is what they do to the newbies. This has got to be it. I'm here alone in the lowest of lower whackers, about 15 feet away from Bridget the Dragon, breathing down my neck, and I'm stuck. So I just put on my mag light and try to find my way around. 
and it takes me about an hour or two, but I find, much to my surprise, a bastion of actual Lord Whacker. There's a door and a window and the head of a billy goat. And I'm thrilled to death because, man, then I can get myself a burger and a brew and just call it a night. And I get in, and it's at that point I should have noticed that there wasn't one billy goat head in the window, but three. There's a couple of creatures out there that walk the fine line between Monster and 51st Warder. You got your demons, and the only reason they're allowed is because they got great takeout. You got your goblins, which, you know, there's just not enough Vienna sausage in the world to stop them. And then there's trolls. And trolls, just by habit, kind of live under the city. It's just their nature. You just, there's so many bridges and underpasses and railings. You just get trolls. And I walk in and I have got trolls. Oh boy, do I have trolls. And how do I know? Because trolls are kind of funny. And I don't mean ha ha how you doing Andy Kaufman kind of funny. I mean the kind where the fourth eye on the side of their neck glares at you because you're a human being walking into their territory. Each troll looks a little different, because every time they get injured, the body adapts. You punch them in the head, and they get a wart. You gouge them in the chest, and they get a big horn. And the better, bigger, and badder trolls are just covered in this stuff. You stab out an eye, and other eyes just going to pop right on out. And these guys are just covered in spikes, and horns, and boils, and eyes, and I am in deep, deep trouble. So I do what any sensible guy does when he's in a bar and is in deep, deep trouble. I find the biggest guy in the room, and I buy him a drink. Now this guy, he's a good guy. He's kind of used to people every once in a while making their way down, but they usually scream and flail and everybody's got to eat them, and I respect that. You know, I'm no bigot here, but nobody offers him a drink. So I offer him a drink, and I offer his friends a drink, and what do you know? Trolls are just working stiffs like everybody else. They dig, and they hide under bridges, and... You know, they eat the occasional child, and that takes care of the public school system. The problem is, it's kind of hard to talk about their jobs, because there's a lot of blood and meat. It's, it's kind of like talking to, to a butcher after a long, hard day. You know he's really into his job, but there's only so many cow brains you can hear about before you just get sick. They notice my tool belt, which I am very proud of, and I say, well, it's an amazing coincidence, but I happen to be a George. I'm part of the Chicago Rare Animal Tracking Enterprise, and these are the tools of my trade, and I don't realize that the room has just gone dead silent. And in a room full of farting, smelly, screaming, fighting trolls, Silence is the scariest thing there is. So this guy looks down at me. He asks me to repeat myself. And I get the J out of George. 
before his fist just goes right around my throat. And this has happened on occasion. I've dealt with the odd creature that doesn't like my presence, so I do what I do best. I take my cash special 25 caliber cattle stunner, put it to the side of his head, and fire! Now, if he was a cow, man, he would have just dropped down. That bolt would have just gone into his brain and a store. Don't even have to pick up any evidence. But the bolt goes in, and a horn comes out. And he drops me, because apparently getting a horn extracted from your skull is kind of painful. So now I am just running, and I'm bumping into more trolls, because it's Trollapalooza down here. But I gotta realize something. Even though they're all regenerative and stuff, they don't like fire, which is really a bad thing to not like when you're in the middle of a bar. So all I gotta do is take out my trusty Zippo lighter, smash up a couple of bottles, throw the lighter, and run out of Dodge. And as I'm running, I hear that troll coming out. And he's just saying, that guy, he's tapping on my bridge. He's trip trip tapping on my bridge. And you hear a bunch of trolls, a dozen trolls, maybe a hundred. And I am getting the hell out of here. I am going through mail tunnels. I am going through sewer vents. I am going through anything I can find. But all I hear at the bottom of the ground is trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping on my bridge. And it gets faster and faster. And I duck myself into a heating vent and squeeze in as tight as possible. And they sit by. And I hear a hundred trolls running through the underworld. Searching for me, trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping on my bridge. Trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping, trip, trip, trapping on my bridge. And I take a deep breath, because I think I lost him. I hear in the back of my ear a buzzing sound, and I'm thinking to myself, oh man, I am screwed now. And I turn around, and it's a spider web. And in that spider web, struggling for her very life, is a little tiny bee who's just as royally screwed over as I am. So I take out my Nicholson 12 by 8 keyhole saw and I give the girl a little mercy. I cut her free from the web and I say to her, better than you than me, sweetie. She flutters off, going back home to wherever she goes well, hopefully it ain't in the underworld because this place is just awful. And I'm cold and I'm sweating and we don't get no emergency beacons or nothing. Most of my crew must think I'm just dead. And I close my eyes and I fall asleep. And I hear this sound, this humming. It sounds like radio static just building and building. And in that radio static is footsteps Step, step, psst. step, step, psst. and I pull out my trusty Pulaski axe, and I go, "All right, whoever you are, I'm ready." And out comes the most beautiful woman I have ever seen in my life. I can't see her face; it's covered in a riot helmet 
with twin high-frequency antennae popping out of either side. She's covered from neck to foot in riot armor, and on each plate are hazard stripes. She's awesome! And the Holy Grail is slung on her back, four and a half feet of composite metal depth, a Barrett XM-109 bolt-action rifle with a computerized sight and a muzzle brake that looks like a barbed spear tip. And dangling on her belt is a single 25-millimeter high-explosive anti-tank round. Holy crap! I'm either the deadest goofball in existence or the luckiest man alive. Fortunately, I know with a bolt action, if she shoots me... I ain't the only one dying. And I look kind of trembly and say, Hey, beautiful. Light of my life. Hell of a piece of ordnance you're carrying there. And she says, Ah, a stinger? You like it? Love it myself. Best thing in the town. Shame, though. I take someone out with it. I gotta go, too. Well, who are you? with my little one-shot wonder. And she says, Boy, I am the BU rescue. Oh, holy heaven. I hope to God I'm dreaming because this is some serious 51st Ward craziness. I said, Lady, if you were the bee trapped in the spider's web, why didn't you use that cannon on your back to get yourself free? Can't do it. If I shoot, I sacrifice my life. I only do that for family. You, my friend, my family. Wow. Lady, I, I am honored beyond belief, but let me tell you, I got a hundred trolls, and I bet you are a damn good shot with that thing, but you could get maybe 10 or 20 with that, and I'd still have 80 to deal with with my little Pulaski axe, and you'd be dead, and that would be a shame. She says, don't sweat it. I got family. Your family. You get in trouble again. Listen for the smells. You'll hear the buzzing. You'll smell clover. The closer you get to that clover, the closer you get to my family. And we take care of family. You take care of yourself, young man. And off she goes into the mist constantly hearing that radio static noise as I hear her talking to all her sisters. And I wake up, and man, these dreams just get crazier and crazier when you're in the deep, dark depths of the 51st Ward, let me tell you. But worse than those dreams, as I'm coming down the hall, trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, on my bridge. They're still going at it. You'd think they'd have given up by now. So I am running head over heels, going through all the tunnels, going through all the sewers, and all I hear is trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, tapping on my bridge. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And as I'm going through the filth, I get past a vent and I smell it. Wildflowers. Oh my god, it is the single most beautiful smell I have ever smelled in my existence. And I crawl out of that grate. I pull myself onto the streets. And it is just before dawn. 
It's right where the stars begin to give up and the sky is this weird shade of blue and your shadows go wrong. And I am hightailing it to the smell of clover. And behind me I keep hearing trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, tapping, trip, trip, tapping on my bridge. And it's all around me. They're coming out of the woodwork ready to kill me. And I walk through the wildflowers. I'm in the middle of the city. There's wildflowers poking through the concrete. And in front of me, inside an abandoned parking lot, is row after row of white boxes. All of them humming that same static hum. Smelling of clover. Oh, baby. Oh, sweetie. Oh, please. Oh, you are as badass as I saw you. I hope every one of your sisters is just as equally fearsome. And I am surrounded by trolls, and they are the ugliest, and they are the meanest you ever saw. And that big son of a son comes up to me, and without a thought, I wing my Pulaski axe right into his chest. And to this day, it may still very well be in there, because it just lodged like nobody's business, and I couldn't get it out, and he was just mad. And he looks down at me, and he says, well, you got any final words? Well, I'd like to see the sunrise. Ain't gonna happen. You know trolls don't work. Ah, all right. And so I take a step back, I take a step further, and I take out my cash special 25 caliber cattle stunner, and I put it against one of those boxes, and I fire. The thing bursts into a million pieces. And I prepare for big buzzing death. But it doesn't come. I look around me. And every one of those boxes is flooding out with bees. And they all go after the trolls. I stand there in a yellow and black cloud. Completely untouched. As I watch my compatriots, my former drinking buddies stung and stung and stung and like I was telling you trolls they just regenerate funny so if you do a little damage it comes up as a wart well when you get a hundred bees all stinging your eyes you don't see anything anymore they go down your throat you don't breathe anything anymore and so now they're flailing around trying to get the bees trying to get back under the ground but the bees won't let them they keep pushing them closer and closer none of them touching me and this goes on for what seems like forever until the sky goes blue and purple and orange and beautiful, beautiful and everything goes quiet all the bees go home the ones that haven't stung people to death it's the greatest war in the history of Chicago hundreds of thousands dead and nobody will ever notice Surrounding all the boxes are a hundred statues of trolls calcified by the sun. So I do what I can. I find myself a good old-fashioned Stanley shovel. I take care of the bees. Take care of the box. I light a fire in the name of my friend. I don't know if she was one of the warriors. The way she talked, I'm pretty sure she was. And I miss her. <sighs> the sun rises. I 
find my way to a metro train, get home, file a report. And let me tell you, the lesson to all of this is, kill your spiders! I don't care what other legends say. They're evil. They eat bees, and bees are awesome! The smell of clover is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. The music is from the Nine Inch Nails album Ghosts, and is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial license. Although I have no desire to sell you my books, we'd love to hear from you and answer your questions. You can reach us through the Burnham Society Facebook page at burnhamsociety.madeafail.net or email me at rowan.bristol at gmail.com. I will try to answer your questions. Until next time, remember that sometime, somewhere, you're trip-trip-tapping on somebody's bridge. Farewell.